When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of uh, the Sick Podcast, Talking Titans. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jarrett. Vinny is out today, but he will be back very soon. Uh, got a lot to get into today. Got an excellent host we can't wait to bring in. Uh, but let's get rocking and rolling. Sammy, start me off. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Talking Titans. Ladies and gentlemen, 94 yards. Touchdown, Titans. He is the baddest man in the NFL. And he just took her to the house. The sickest Tennessee Titans podcast. Sick! It's going to be sick. All right, folks, welcome back to another edition um, of our off-season portion of the show. Uh, got a lot to get into. A lot of things took place since our last show. Introduction of a new GM, uh, talk about, you know, more quarterback talk, all that good stuff. Uh, so we got an excellent guest to bring in today, uh, Mr. Corey Curtis from WKRN News Channel 2. Corey, how are you doing tonight? I'm great, guys. How are you guys doing? Great. Great. Well, we thank you for joining us. Obviously, this time of year, uh, a lot going on in the sports world. I know you're a busy man, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Um, I'll jump right into it. Okay. I, I, I think a, a a topic of discussion that is going to be now until the, the decision is made on all of our minds is who is going to be the quarterback of the Titans in 2023. Now, there's a, a numerous amount of, of roads you can – travel down um but obviously you are much much closer to the organization than any three of us uh if you had to guess is there a certain wind or a certain direction the wind's blowing uh in that organization that would give you some sort of inclination what they might be choosing moving forward um can, can i say that it's more of a tornado than a wind <laughs> because it's just kind of goes around and around and it's it's i mean i literally think that they're as torn as the fan base is right because you've got ryan Tannehill who can win games when everything is good around him. You know, you've got a lot of quarterbacks who, when everything is good around them, can win games. You know, but when you don't have a – you know, Jalen Hurts was good with the Eagles, or he was okay with the Eagles last year. And then they upped the roster, and Jalen Hurts is dynamic, right? And so, you know, look, I think you put Ryan Tannehill in the Eagles lineup. I'm not saying he's Jalen Hurts, but I think he's going to look really good. Okay, he looked really good when he threw to A.J. Brown with the Titans. So I think they understand that, but they also understand Tannehill is what he is. He's been in the league a long time, and he's never, you know, he's never ripped it in the postseason. That's for sure. The two playoff wins they've got are what they've got. He's not getting younger. He's getting older. His cap number is really high. And I think the bottom line, guys, and I think the, Titan, the Titans realize this is, unless you've got Burrow or Mahomes or one of those guys – you have to analyze your quarterback position every year because it's really tough to get to the big one without one of those guys. So they're analyzing their quarterback position right now. I think Tannehill's a safe fallback position for them, but if they can look to bring in a guy 
who can be a dude, I think that they're going to look long and hard at it. You know, whether that be Trey Lance or Tom Brady or moving up to get a guy like CJ Stroud, I, I think those things are all on the table right now, and they all have to be figured out by Mike Vrabel, by Rand Carthon, and then of course by Amy Adam Strunk as well. And it is the number one question of the offseason. And I think the the interesting part is I think it's all in play. Yeah, along with going into the offseason, like with the quarterback situation, we, we've struggled um, for the last year and a half on offense altogether with playmakers now, with A.J. Brown, you know, leaving for Philadelphia. Yep. Where do you see this new GM and Ron Carthon going after uh, checking his first box, adding weapons to this offense that's been struggling for the past two years? Well, I think the number one weapon you can add to this offense is an offensive line that can block. OK, yeah. I think that I think you build a football team inside out. All right. Yeah. The, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers have two of the best offensive lines in the game. The Kansas City Chiefs have one of the best offensive lines in the game. There is no question why those teams are where they are at. We are used to Titans teams that are built strong up front. So watching them fall off and fall off like they have the last few years has been painful to watch. It really has. And it's amazing how much better Tannehill can be with time. It's amazing how much better the receivers can be with some time to get open. And it's amazing how much better a play caller can be when he actually has guys who can block in front of him. You know, Chigakonkwo on a tight end reverse on fourth and one looks a lot better when somebody gets blocked. Okay. Not when three people run free. So I think I think that is the most important box that they've got to check. Is I mean, they need two or three new starters on the offensive line. Yeah, you're yeah. looking at center, left, uh, left guard, and left tackle yep. for someone. And possibly right guard. I mean, yeah. I think, I think there's, a, there's a very good possibility that they're not willing to pay the price for Nate Davis moving forward. And so, I, I mean, you're going to see wholesale changes. Now, I, I always have hope because when the Chiefs paid Patrick Mahomes, they cut four starters from their offensive line to do it. And they were able to rebuild their offensive line in two years. So the Titans have to do that. Of course they need speed on the outside. Okay. Of course they need speed on the outside. There's multiple ways to do it. You know, whether you draft one early, you draft one late, you trade for more picks, which I would always, I'm always kind of a fan of. Um, but I think, you know, with, with offensive linemen, you can usually get them a little bit later. So maybe if there's elite speed, you go there in round one at wide receiver because they they need speed. All right. Absolutely. I mean, when you look, everybody was all excited about Racy McMath this year. The guy had two catches in his career before the season, and he did nothing at LSU when he had Joe Burrow at quarterback. Why does everybody think Racy McMath is going to be the answer to everything? He caught one pass. Great to see, but Khalif Raymond was a lot more productive. Corey, I think your your mic fell your mic oh, fell off. There we go. Show killer. <laughs> nah, you're good. Show killer. And it came We're off back. again. You know what? I'll just hold it. Um, no, but you're right. And I, another another guy whose name always comes up is Mason Kinsey. I don't know what this fan base has with him. They just think that he's like the next coming of Julian Edelman, and he can never stay <laughs> on the field. And I don't see what he's got to offer. But he's um, not good enough. That's why. No, he's not exactly. Uh, but to piggyback off of you know the hiring of Rand Carton. Um, there's all there's been a, a topic of discussion when it comes to him over the past couple of days is like where do you think the chain of command is going to be mm. realistically since he's coming in because Amy Adam Strunk has has made some some remarks about things that were a little uh, surprising to us something along the lines of you know they're going to be talking to me about things moving mm. forward. I'm yeah. going to have a bigger hand in things. So you know where do you think that chain of command is going to going to be moving forward with this team? 
Well, I just think she's going to have a bigger hand in making sure no more AJ Browns get traded. I, th- I think that's the bottom line is, you know, she wants, and I think also she wants to make sure there's no disconnect between the GM and the head coach anymore. I mean, look, I, I'm not, you know, COVID knocked us out of the building for a long time, but you know, you could see the change in the relationship between Robinson and Vrabel in the last couple of years. They went from dancing on stage downtown together to walking in from separate doors, sitting down at a presser together, never looking at each other and standing up and, and walking away in different directions. And, you know, they never yelled at each other. They never snapped each other. Vrabel always said the right things about supporting J-Rob's moves. But you could tell that that relationship wasn't what it was. I don't know. I don't know how frayed or how, I mean, you know, they still painted it as they got along, but I, I have a hard time believing it. So she needs to make sure that those guys are indeed working hand in hand. I thought one of the most important things about the Carthon hiring was, is it showed that it, he, they didn't just hire a variable puppet. Cause that was my biggest concern. Yeah. I, I thought if they hired a puppet, this, uh, it was just going to be a disaster. And, and we were just going to watch a team fall to the likes of Jacksonville and Indianapolis. Um, but, you know, Carthon's a dude. I think, you know who Teron Davenport is? ESPN. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he said it best the other day. He told us. He said, Carthon's a dude. He's not going to, you know, put up with Vrabel, pushing him around. And Mike Vrabel will respect that. Okay. Mike Vrabel respects when people stand up to him. It may not always be pretty when it happens, but he's going to have more respect for you when you do. So they're going to be able to have disagreements as long as at the end of the day, they, they work things out. And at the end of the day, they're not trading any more AJ Browns without Amy's approval. Absolutely. So you were, you were there on the press conference, right? On uh, the introduction yep. on Friday. Yep. What was the whole, I mean, we saw the whole vibe on Thursday mm-hmm. when he walked in, when he got the greeting yeah. from everybody. And I mean, that was, that was just awesome. So being at the presser, what was that whole vibe that whole day when he introduced themselves to the media and, you know, before and after the presser, you know, for behind the scenes guys like us that we didn't see. Well, I mean, look, I mean, whenever you make a change like that, it should be positive because you made yeah. that change for a reason. But I mean, Mike Vrabel, I felt, was as close to jovial as I've seen him. I mean, he looked like a happy, happy guy. Even when he was yelling at Jared Stillman, he was doing it in the happiest way possible. So, I mean, Amy was excited. I think I think there's a lot of people excited about bringing in someone from another organization, you know, to bring in um, some stuff. You know, obviously, I, I like the point that he brings some diversity to their front office staff, something that they did not have. Um, and, and I, and, you know, I just I, I like a lot of what he brings and the fact that he and Vrabel, you know, I think are going to see eye to eye in the way the way teams are built. You know, he, he had the credentials. Now he's got the opportunity. He embraced the collaboration that they want. And that's obviously, you know, very, very important. Um, and so everything is is positive this way. And for me, the big positive is, you know, it was exciting to meet this guy who I know isn't just going to be doing whatever Mike Vrabel tells him to do, where if they had hired from an internal hire, that would be the big concern. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one quick thing also, a, a topic of discussion I think is being overlooked in the grand scheme of things, talking about offensive line specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, We've had a left tackle in this organization for a very long time <clears throat> who's making a lot of money and hasn't been able to stay on the field. Uh, from what he said himself over the past few months, he believes it's unlikely that he's on the team next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, my personal opinion is I think they should do the best that they can to keep him on this team, even with the previous injuries, 
due to the fact that we've seen so much struggle at that position mm-hmm. for the plug-and-play guys they've tried to put in there. And I think there should be more of an appreciation for Terrell Lewan, uh, based on the fact that you know we've seen how bad NFL left tackles can be to find <laughs> or how hard they are to find. Or they so can what- just be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Uh, where do you think they go with him moving forward? Do you think they try to make a solid attempt to keep him, or do you think our time with him is done? Well, I agree with you that Taylor Lewan's play has been really underappreciated by a lot of people, and it's because of his personality and how boisterous he is. If he rubs you the wrong way, you're going to nitpick everything that he's done. For a long time, he was an elite tackle in this league. He would take on the Khalil Max, he would take on the Von Millers, and you didn't have to give him help, and that was huge. Unfortunately, he's missed two of the last three years. And I always say that hope is not a strategy. And between two ACLs and some concussion issues, um, I can't go into a season hoping he's going to stay healthy as my left tackle. Now, if you can get him to do a cap-friendly deal, you know, and, and I don't know how willing he would be able to do that, where – if he can't make it, you're okay. And also, by the way, you got to have another guy to replace him. Um, and, and, you know, maybe you draft a guy and you don't mind saying, hey, let's see how many games we can get on Taylor before he starts. But I just – $14 million is not realistic, okay? You've got to save that money, and I would rather put that money towards a guy who I not am hoping will be out there, but I believe will be out there. And that's not me saying I don't believe in Taylor Lewan and his ability, blah, 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 blah. There's a tread on every tire, and eventually it goes, and Taylor's tread is going. And unfortunately, you know, it's like Malik Willis. Would I be willing to bet my job on Malik Willis as the Titans starter next season? I know some fans would be. I think you're crazy. I'm not willing to bet my job and my quarterback's health on Taylor Lewan being my left tackle next season and staying healthy for 17 games. I just, I can't, I don't think it's responsible. Mm. So going on to that topic with uh, the cap situation, obviously there's going to be caps uh, casualties mm-hmm. this year. Uh, we, we brought a list up together on the podcast with maybe a six or seven guys that could possibly get cut mm-hmm. um, with speed being our problem on offense and the lack of, I guess, playmakers at the wide receiver position in free agency. Mm-hmm. And do you see them, making a trade as ridiculous as it sounds because we traded away AJ Brown to get speed because well, it, to, me, to me to go after DeHunt, uh Hopkins in Arizona you're going to pay 19 yeah but you're paying 19 million dollars to a 30 year old wide receiver when you could have paid 26 million dollars to AJ Brown yeah it makes so no who sense would you, yeah who would you go after in, in in that position well look number one a guy's got to be available you, you can't make a trade unless he's no, available absolutely. and number two the Titans aren't the only team that are going to have cap casualties. So you've got to wait and see who becomes available. And these teams generally have an idea of who's going to be cut free um, and that they could have a shot at. Um, but, you know, speed's expensive usually as well. So that that's a whole other issue for the Tennessee Titans to tackle. And it may – and guys – Remember when it was this way that wide receivers took two, three years to develop in the NFL? Yeah. It's not that way anymore. You draft these guys and they come in and play. Find somebody who can run and put them out there. That that's that's why. Restructure Robert Woods. Give yourself a veteran. You know, you've got Traylon coming back for another year, and then find some speed. I begged them to sign another um, wide receiver last year in in the summer in a training camp, and they refused to do it. And we saw what happened. Um, you know, Deshaun. Deshaun um, Jackson was the guy, and not Deshaun Jackson. Who's the Vinny Fuller? Vincent? Uh, Vincent no, not Vincent. Fuller. Will Fuller? 
Will Fuller. Will Fuller. Yeah. Will, yeah. Will Fuller. We Hold thought on. with him being a former Texan that they would sign him for sure. Yeah, because, and, and you don't need him to play 30 snaps a game. They just needed him for like 15, but they yeah. decided not to do it one reason or another. But that, that you're right. They Racy McMath was having a great camp. <laughs> he was having a good camp for a guy that you have zero expectations yep. for. But, but to expect him to go out there and be a difference maker is a whole other story. But I, I do think they need to draft someone with some speed. I, I, I have a hard time giving away more assets to bring in another wide receiver. They gave away a fourth-round pick for Robert Woods, and that was probably too much um, for an injured player with a high cap number. You know, J-Rob got fleeced pretty good on his last couple of trades at wide receiver, and I don't think the Titans can afford to give away any more spots. Yeah. Um, Corey, one last question. We'll let you go. I know you're busy. So, um, gun to your head. If you had to take a professional opinion, what are the Titans doing with the 11 pick? And if they are keeping it, who are they taking? Hmm. Well, if I, if look, if I, I'm not going to give you a player, I haven't done enough research on that yet. Mm -hmm. I, I, if I had to guess it's the best tackle or wide receiver on the board. That, that would be my Makes estimation sense. at that at my point. I, I think it would make a lot of sense for this team to trade down and get more picks. If you could add another second or third rounder, I mean, third rounders should start. Second rounders should Absolutely. start. And so, you know, if you could, if you can get an extra pick and get a center or a guard, um, that that could be huge, you know, for your organization. But shoot, guys, if there's a Justin Jefferson or a Chris Olave available there at eleven, you know, though we've seen those guys, and I get a lot of flack for this, but I think we saw it play out last year. Those guys are more important than Derrick Henry for this team. I this agree. Team, this team has been able to run the football without Derrick Henry. Not Derrick Henry ability, but they've been able to run it. They haven't been able to throw it without my A.J. Brown much. So when you have guys out there who can spread the field and make plays down the field, it is a different ball game. So if there's somebody special there at 11, it could be a wide receiver. But other than that, they've got to build the offensive line. Absolutely. Well, Corey, uh, I really I can't thank you enough for, for dropping in. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, obviously, you can find uh, Corey on Corey Curtis, too, on uh, Twitter. Um, I know you're busy on uh, WKRN Channel 2. And, uh, again, I can't thank you enough. We appreciate your insight so much. And maybe we'd definitely like you to have you back on once we get close to that draft day. Um, so after you've done some more scouting, you can you can give us some more insight on where the organization is, is, is looking to, to, to yeah. move there. I'm going to dive in on that, and I'm going to get a microphone that I don't have to hold. <laughs> Appreciate All it, Corey, right. man. Corey, thank you so much. Thanks, you have a great night. Thank you. All right. Corey Curtis, WKRN, New Channel 2, joining us tonight. We appreciate him very much. Um, so, yeah, a little little more we can we can dive into now. Uh, I want to speak specifically on the uh, Rand Carthon uh, press conference. And Corey touched on it a lot as well. I mean, really, Mike Vrabel, you saw Mike Vrabel that day. That I don't think I've ever seen on a podium uh, in the organization. Yeah. Um, you know, you still had that hate for uh, Paul Kaharski, which was which was funny. Uh, we I respect the hell out of Paul for asking the tough questions because he's one of the only guys that do it. Yeah, him good, and Toronto, uh, yeah, yeah. But good God, I mean, Mike never misses an opportunity uh, to bust his balls. But um, you know, even the joke about the uh, kick returners, you know, that is something you would never imagine him doing in a million years. Uh, because he has that facade that he never loses yep. where it's business and he doesn't want to even be there. And it's like, fuck everyone. And we didn't see that version of him that day. So and Corey, you make Corey, of it? Corey did touch on that, which was very interesting. My question was with the whole vibe in the building. He said that that relationship 
and before the show, we had uh, we talked about this that that relationship between J Rob and Vrabel. It looked like it started deteriorating as the years went by, and he kind of confirmed that for being in the building, you know, covering the team. But getting uh, with uh, Ron Carl uh, Charthon, I'm going to mess his name up a hundred times, like Mike Keith says all the time. Um, dude, he looked he looks it for us, you know, giving me a lot of credit for going outside the organization and, um, you know, thinking outside the box and um, bringing in a, a big list of guys um, to go through. Um, just like Vrabel, you know, um, Carton's a, a former player. He's well-respected in the, um, the league all across the, uh, the board. You know, he's been building uh, winning teams um, and he's been par- preparing this moment for a very long time. So um, he even like, he he's worked under uh, Les Snead, right, with the Rams. He was with Les Snead. Oh, I'd have to. I yeah, really I'm pretty. Sure, I'm pretty. His resume, so yeah, yeah I'm pretty. I'm pretty him. sure he was with Les Snead with the Rams, and now he's with John Lynch. He was working with Bill Polian when he was with the Colts too. So you know he's been around a lot of aggressive uh, GMs, uh, so to speak. So with the 49ers alone, he was involved with player personnel. Just to touch on his, you know, dues, what he did with them. Um, he was involved with free agencies and trades, you know, in the draft. And um, he brought in uh, Jimmy Graham via trade, Christian McCaffrey. Um, he traded up in the draft to get Trey Lance, you know, possibly their future, you know, quarterback. Possibly our future. Who knows? Yes. You know, who knows with that? Um, he also traded away Matt Breida and Jeff Wilson for picks for later on. And he traded for the best, arguably the best tackle, left tackle in all of football, Trent Williams. So this guy knows what he's doing, man. McCaffrey. I feel like, yeah, McCaffrey, like I said before, uh, I think we got a dog. And when you have guys like George Kittle vouching for this guy as a general manager and getting his chance, I mean, I'm ecstatic about about this opportunity for him and Brable to collaborate, like they've yeah. been saying. Listen, uh, we'll never know realistically how much of a hand he had in the you know construction of that current roster. But the bottom line is, he was an employee of that football team, and you can argue they got one of the best rosters right now of the last 20 years. I mean, there's really no holes that team has, with the exception of maybe uh, only a slightly above average secondary. But outside of that, there's no weaknesses at all. Um, he spoke about the Mitchell story, about bringing him in, and how he looked over filming him, said, hey, this is the guy. And obviously we saw him the other night, what, what a huge impact he had in that game. Um, and you're right. The, the guy just looks like an alpha male, which is what you need when you got a guy like Mike Vrabel as a coach and you want to have a tandem like that. Um, you know, I'm happy that Corey brought up that – you know, at least from what he witnessed at that that conference, um, you know, it didn't look like or it didn't feel like based off what he had heard that Carthon's going to be a puppet because, you know, that was my only fear. You know, I, I Mike Vrabel is as alpha as they come. And no matter how much of an alpha you bring in, uh, you know, I, he's not going to want to give up any of that power. And I don't want Carthon just to be a guy that's a yes man and whatever Vrabel says he does. Now, I got a little bit of that vibe from the presser just based off, you know, him saying, first and foremost, I'm, you know, looking to uh, work with Mike Vrabel, whatever he said along those lines when they asked him about what's your first order of business or something like that. Um, so I'm hoping that's not the case. And, you know, Corey had mentioned that it looks like that won't be, and I'm happy about it. Uh, but listen, it's change. Everyone in that building is excited to have him in there. Um, and that's it. You know, we, we, we believe wholeheartedly that a general manager change needed to happen because there was too much inconsistency with Robinson. You had some great moves. You had some unthinkably bad moves, no consistency with, with, with high draft picks. Um, and, 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 you know, you're giving somebody his dream job and that's also something that's awesome too. You know, you heard him mention it. 
talking to his, uh, you know, his wife before they were married. And now she laughed at him about the thought of becoming a general manager. And uh, he said, listen, that dreams come true. So, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of positives to look at. And, and I think, um, you know, as the months progress, uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll see some some moves from him that that give us a lot of promise, and that's the so. only thing we can we can think of at this point. Um, so moving on from that, uh, as we did last week, we've had our NFL quarterback poll for the Titans of 2023. We had nine names on the list. Uh, I hate to say, it, but unfortunately, my man Malik Willis was the first to go. Which, oh man, I could spend 20 minutes talking about how crazy that is well i don't know about crazy but i mean uh, i don't know whatever right wrong or indifferent he was the first one to fucking go so um let's move on to this week's elimination jared i'll let you start who would you remove out of these final eight well as you know i went i came in with a bang last week by uh, eliminating lamar jackson because Vinny took mine so this week i'm gonna go piggyback off of Vinny, and i'm taking Derek carr off the list for me because it's too much of a lateral move um from Tannehill. even if they do keep Tannehill, there's no reason for them to even go with you know a Derek carr uh, style quarterback in my opinion yeah uh listen uh, I, I i didn't whether there's rules to this game or not I don't really care. I'm I'm gonna stick with. I'm my going by part. Yeah, I'm going personally. Me, how my quarterbacks are. Yeah, however, no. this is going. I hear you, but until he's gone, I'm not moving my fucking pick. Ryan Tanhill is the least of the nine or eight that should be considered for 2023. Well, that was your pick last week, right? Yeah, but he's still there, so I'm gonna keep. No, picking that, him. Yeah, but that's the fan. That's the fan, you know, favor on Twitter. You have to say yours, who you xing out. You xed out Tannehill last week. Now you got to go on. Okay. To your number one. All right, Sammy. If you'd be so kind, can you bring up the graphic again, just so I can quickly go through this? <laughs> so I already said Tannehill. Okay, easy decision. Derek Carr. Derek Carr has got to go of these eight that are left. Uh, he is as lateral of a Tannehill move as you can get. Uh, you can make an argument. He's you know younger, more athletic. Uh, he's really only had one year with like a pretty good weapons around him. It was just basically Waller for his whole career. Now he's got Adams. Still didn't make the playoffs, so really nothing to write home about. Uh, but yeah, Derek Carr, goodbye, adios. Um, and then I'll be very interested to see how this progresses and who's going to be the last one. I just pray to the God above that there isn't a a mass consensus that Tannehill's the best option out of these nine guys, and it's terrifying me because i truly believe there is a more than 50 percent chunk of this fan base that would actually pick Tannehill over those nine <clears> gentlemen <throat> to be the quarterback next year i hope i'm wrong but good god above please please don't let that nightmare become a reality um but you know we'll see as a, the weeks come on luckily our fans aren't going to be the ones making the decision of who's going to be the quarterback next year so um yeah uh, that's, that's, that's what we got on that. So I don't know. Did we make a graphic about our, uh, our pick records? I don't know if we, if we did so far in, in total of the whole thing, I believe we're seven and four with the pick. So we're above 500. Yeah. Um, I got him in front of me. So even if we have a graphic, I'll just go over him. Vinny's in a lean here at three and one on the year. I mean, since we start doing it, of course, Jarrett two and one, um, two and two, no surprise there. Uh, it's a, a miracle I'm even 500 because if you saw my DraftKings uh, history, um, very, very far away from 500 in that, in that record keeping. Uh, so uh, that's what we got. And, and listen, we got, a, we got a hell of a slate. I mean, really, this was 
this was really the final four that I think a lot of people were hoping for. Um, and you know, you got a Cinderella story. I don't care what anyone says when you got a, a, the last pick in the draft as your quarterback, I don't care how good the roster is around him. That's a, the San Francisco Cinderella story to me because the kid is literally being put in the most high pressure situation he could possibly have in his job. Um, who do you like in the in the next two games as far as uh, AFC NFC Championship? Advancing to the Super Bowl, uh, it's it's going to be Joe Burrow with the Bengals. I think they're going to go right into Kansas City uh, as Mahomes hobbles into the AFC Championship game. Mm. I think Burrow handles business, and uh, I think the Brock Purdy show is over in Philadelphia, and it's going to be an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl. That would be one hell of a matchup, and and I think it should be that way. Honestly, you want the highest level of of quarterback play realistically in the Super Bowl, and. All love to Brock Purdy. It's amazing what he's been able yeah, to absolutely. do. Absolutely, uh, but you know, it, it, it would just be a disadvantage. I mean, uh, whatever an AFC team comes out of there, there, you know, you have you have that big of an advantage at quarterback. It's it's looking good for you. I mean, that, you saw that, that game, Prescott yeah, collapse. That game is just going to be a defensive matchup because both of those fronts, O line on both sides and D line on both sides, is. Unbelievable. Like I said, like Corey said, you have to build from the inside out, and that is their staple. I watched that game. Uh, the Eagles, they just manhandled the Giants up front. And the same thing with um, San Francisco, you know, yeah. just getting getting after, pressuring. And, I mean, we missed it as tight fans. You know, we had it at one point. We did. We did, and we wasted it. And I'm not going to bring up names as to why, but, you know, that's a topic for another day. Uh, but before we wrap up, there's just one thing that I want to clarify because, man, it was a really uh, just a, a, a just an annoyance on my Twitter account over the past 48 hours because I brought something up and people were just absolutely up in arms. Before I br- bring up my defense, because um, I don't I can't recall. Wait to hear it is. I can't. I, I, I don't, missed this. Yeah, I don't recall if you saw it or if you had an opinion. But who are you rooting for in the Kansas City? Uh, Jacksonville game last weekend. Oh, I did see this, and I did like it. Um, just for just for the sake of the record, I was rooting a little bit for the Jaguars because I'm so sick and tired of the, the curly headed Mahomes. I'm much. done. I'm done with him. He's like the Peyton Manning. If when they wait when they advance to if they advance to the Bengals, it's Joe Cool and Joe Burrow. Like I sent like I sent the text message to you guys. Man, I wish that guy was our quarterback. Oh my god, uh, smooth, even... cool, collective, yeah. swag. There was actually a guy on Twitter that Oof. tried to tell me that he's not great, and I really my Oof. head I think doubled in size when I heard it. Uh, my he, God, he personifies everything you want in a quarterback. Listen, as far as skill everything. level is concerned, yeah, Josh Allen had a terrible game. It was freaking five below and snowing. I'd like to believe if conditions were much more neutral, then I think he he might have had a better shot, if not one, but better shot. Right, wrong, or different, Joe Burrow has the talent, he has the attitude, he has the confidence. Uh, there, there's really no holes to his game. And I, and that comment he made about the window is as long as I'm a starter. I mean, it gave me chills here in a minute. And just talking about it gives me chills. That is everything you want in a quarterback. So, yeah, you're 100% right. I am rooting for him all the way. Talk about a team that went from zero to hero in just a few short years because of a quarterback, which is a mind-blowing concept that some fans don't understand. Um, but real quickly, to defend my my statement of how I was running for Jacksonville, apparently some people think that this is some long, like gritty, hard rivalry between us and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Folks, it is not a rivalry. 
We've had their number for a better part of a decade, okay? And they've been an awful, terrible disgrace for about 90% of their franchise. You want to know about teams that I don't want to see succeed? Teams like the Colts. No. Teams like the Bengals. Teams are not well. I mean, listen, I love Joe Burrow, but I, I'm still a little cold about, about the uh, last, last year. year's game. But I, I, I am rooting for him. But, you know, Buffalo, Baltimore, those are teams that I can't. Steelers. Ste- Steelers. Kansas City. Folks, five fucking years in a row this kid's been in the AFC Championship game. I know. When are you getting sick and tired? You wanted him to go back again because we play the Jags twice a year? A team that's only been an NFL team since for like fucking 10 minutes? Like, come on, guys. Seriously. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. You know, I, I'm being told you're not a fan because you're rooting for the Jaguars. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, seriously, it, it would be like, you know, me saying uh, I'm rooting for the Blue Jays if they if they got to the, the you know, the divisional round and the Yankees weren't in it. We're not a fucking rivalry. Just because we're in the same division doesn't mean you're a rivalry. The Yankees and the Red Sox are a fucking rivalry. Uh, in my life, I would never, ever, ever root for them to win. The Rangers, the Rangers and the Devils are a rivalry. The Cardinals and Cubs. Let me say my teams now. Right. Cardinals Cubs. <laughs> yeah, Cardinals and Cubs. I couldn't name one memorable Cardinal Cub game, but that's just I'm on the East Coast and I'm not a fan. Um, but the Titans and Jags aren't a fucking rivalry. Once Jacksonville starts getting good more often, which guess what, folks? That train's pulled into the station. They're then here. we're going to start seeing a rivalry. Get Ryan Tannehill out of here. Get a young quarterback who can ball. Let's start having some real football games, and then we can have some animosity, and I'll never root for the Jaguars again. Just because they had our number for one fucking year in the past 10 is not a reason enough that I want to see Mahomes in the AFC Championship game for a fifth straight year with that jack-off Kelsey who all he does is cry and bitch and yell and scream all the fucking time and that fat shit Andy Reid. I can't stand any of them. Any of them. And they're so fucking cocky. Did you hear what Juju said? He said, oh, it doesn't matter who's our quarterback. Our roster's so damn good. I can't believe he said that, but I was like, shit. No, they're, just a- they're about to get shit on this weekend. Yeah, I really do. But, folks, guys, let's give it a rest, all right? I'm no less of a Titan fan than you are because I want a Jacksonville to win. I never, they never had a shot of winning a Super Bowl. They would have got demolished by by Cincinnati next week if they somehow pulled it out. Um, but anyway, just had to get that off my chest real quick. But we got a solid 35 minutes in. Anything you want to bring up, Jared, before we close out for the night? No, nah, man, I just want to see uh, how this all plays out. I want to get to the offseason. I want to get the free agency. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to look at mock drafts. I'm starting to do mock drafts on my own. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all, all exciting stuff for this offseason so far. Yeah, well, I see a lot of exciting workout film by Malik Willis on his Instagram, too. Anthony Richardson's working out with him, too. Yeah, man. Board. I see him doing those those lap. You know, he's working on a lot of different things. But uh, <laughs> You watch his film. I watch Derrick Henry in the, in, the, in, the, in the gym this week. Yeah, well, you know, he's going to have to be in the gym. He's going to have to, you know, get ready for another 650 carry season because that's all we know how to do is hand the ball off. But. Let's give it a chance. It might be different this time around. We still got an OC to hire. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, once again, thanks, for everybody, for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share us your thoughts. I've had a lot of people talking about trying to get on the show. Definitely got to make that happen. We got to get some fan involvement. We're going to do that moving forward. So, uh, if you're listening on podcasts, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, and we will be back next week with uh, some more Titans talk. So, uh, have a great night. And, as always, tighten up. Sammy. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast, Talking Titans, on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.